You guys ready to get into the Word? Go ahead and get your Bibles out. If you don't have a Bible, they should have given you one. If you didn't get one, they're right in the back there. You can just go ahead and grab one. Listen, I don't go anywhere without my underwear on. I don't go anywhere without my Bible. Amen? <laughs> just, <laughs> just the way it is. Hey, amen? There's certain things in life that you make sure you have, and one is underwear, <laughs> and one is the Bible, the Word of Almighty God. Can you believe it's spring? What is spring? Tomorrow or tomorrow? I thought it was felt like a little uh, rap music there. Anyway, maybe that was me. Anyway, happy spring, everybody. Can you believe it? We made it through the winter. It was quite an easy winter to make it through, but anyway, let's have a word of prayer and we'll get right into the word today. Father, again, we bless you and thank you. Thank you for the beautiful day, Lord. Boy, where I live, Lord, when those winds blow, they blow. Woo! Watching the bird feeder flying all over the place and on and on. But it's so, so beautiful, Lord. So beautiful. Does not return void, but it accomplishes that which it's sent forth to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The plug was loose. I got it. Thank you. Thank you. Would you turn with me to John chapter 6? We started a new series this month called I Am. Everybody say it. I Am. And in this series, we've been looking at the different aspects of God being the great I Am. He called himself the I Am. And we saw that over in Exodus chapter 13, verse 14 and 15. It says, and God said to Moses, ready? I am who I am. Everybody knows that statement from the movie, The Ten Commandments. Ready? One more time. I am who I am. He said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Moreover, God said to Moses, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. So we saw what God was saying in this great name. I am that I am in whatever we need at the given moment. What do you need? Do you need God to be a friend? Do you need God to be an ear? Do you need God to be a healer? Do you need God to be a financier? Do you need God to be strength, loyal? What is it that you're going through right now? Then go to the great I am. Don't be afraid to shit. Look, he knows already. You know, we, we kind of think, well, if I just cover this up, God, he knows. And guess what? He still loves you. Listen, God... God knew you were going to blow it before you blew it, and yet he still loves you. That's why the Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus. If you're in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. There is no verdict of guilt. There is no guilty, guilty. God has totally washed away our sins. We sing the song, right? What can wash me white as snow? 
Let's, why don't we believe it? Amen? So he is to us what we need at the given moment. You might wake up in the morning totally bummed out. You need someone to hear you out. See, some of you think, how can I talk to God about this pornography problem I have or this drug problem? Because he already knows about it. And he is your strength. He has the ability to help you get through it. Amen? All right. So last week, as we started off in these different points, we saw Jesus as the door and as the good shepherd. As I was thinking about the door, I read this little statement. I thought it was pretty good. Some of you might remember this. Several popular game shows from Let's Make a Deal. Anybody? Come on down. Or To the Price is Right. Invites contestants to play a game for a grand prize that's hidden behind one of three doors. You remember that? Is it behind door number one, door number two, or door number three? Thank you. <laughs> the challenge is for you to blindly pick a door. If you choose incorrectly, you may end up with a decent prize or no prize at all, but only one door leads to the grand prize, right? This game was so popular that studies have been done to determine the odds and probability of choosing the correct door the first time and whether or not, given another chance, the odds are in your favor to change your choice if the doors are narrowed down to two. Interesting. People have too much time on their hands <laughs> that they sit around and figure this all out. Jesus said in John 10, 9, I am the door, the one and only door that leads to the grand prize, which is eternal life. Amen? Look, you can try other doors. Other doors will make you happy for a time, for a little while. But only one door, through the one door, can you be saved. Amen? We also saw that Jesus Christ is our good shepherd, and he is good all the time, even when we're not good. Anybody here ever not good? Some of you say, I'm good all the time. You a liar. <laughs> Amen. We all got moments of not good. Thank you for grace, Lord. Thank you for my wife showing me grace and employees showing me grace because we all mess up. Some days seem to be bigger blunders than others. Come on, anybody ever wake up in the morning? It's going to be a good day, and by the time you get home, you're like, man, oh, I heard, oh, my God, over here. And How did that? Oh, I yelled at the kids. I kicked the cat. I, I, ah! And you can't take that day back. You ever notice that? But you can ask God to forgive you and move on in that day. Amen. There is therefore now no condemnation. That's the amazing thing about grace. Religion teaches works. You got to work to earn God. You got to work, work, work. Jesus Christ taught us grace. Look, good works are good. That's why they're called good works. But guess what? You're going to mess up in life. Receive grace. Grace, again, is God undeserved, unmerited, unearned favor. Amen? Would you turn with me to John chapter 6? 
Today, we're going to be looking at Jesus as the great I am, the bread of life. I am the bread of life. During their 40 years of wandering, the children of Israel, God provided daily bread for them. Think about that, daily. Millions of people daily received bread from God. Manna came down from heaven to sustain the children of Israel. It was the source of life during this difficult season. They were walking in the wilderness, church family. Wilderness. Not a lot of food in the wilderness. But God provided enough food every day for him. In the same way, Jesus is our source of life. He is our living water. He is our daily bread. He is our, say it with me, bread of life. Say it, bread of life. He assures us that if we come to him, acknowledge him, believe and accept him, he will sustain us to the point where we will never hunger again, not only in this life of provision, but throughout eternity. Think about that. Throughout eternity. You know, when I go out for my prayer walk, sometimes I just, I stand in awe of God. I think of just air. Yesterday, I was praising him for the air. Because every planet they go to, they got to bring air with them. But God provided air for the 8 billion people from the day of creation to, to the very last day. It's there. Of course, we don't think about something when it's there. But boy, they take that air away. You'd be thinking about it in two, three minutes. You understand what I mean by that? You know, most people, I can't barely hold my breath for 60 seconds. God is our provider. So we're going to hang out in John chapter 6 now. So we'll look at it, the New King James. Are you ready, church family? We're going to do a lot of Bible reading this morning. It's good to read the Bible. Amen? So if you forgot to read your Bible today, you'll be reading it now. Verse 1. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs, which he performed on those who were deceased. Amen? I always said, I've been to Israel. I know many of you have been to Israel. You know, they... they cover the spot where Jesus rose from the dead. They cover the spot, you know, where he died. Go, God, they built all these churches there, but they can't cover the Sea of Galilee. Amen? It's huge. Amen? They can't put a building on top of that. Now watch what it says. And Jesus went up to a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, Seeing the multitude coming towards him, he said to Philip, watch this question. Wouldn't you love to just, again, I I just hope this is all recorded so we can see it. Amen? Uh, Where are we going to buy bread for all these people? That's what he's asking. Watch, Watch how they answer. But this he said to test them, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip said to him, 200 denarius worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may have a little. Then one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, what a statement, watch. There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two fish. Why would you even bring that up when you got so many people there? 
Because he makes it here. Watch what he says. But what are they among so many? Did he know some inside information? Was he just being like, I got a kid's lunch? One religious person said, well, their lunches back then were a lot bigger. Yeah, you're going to feed that many people with somebody's lunch. This was a kid's lunch. Kid's lunch. He didn't walk out with five flounders. He walked out probably with five sardines and some bread, all right? Then Jesus said, look at the order. And this is why I believe we have such a good church here is because we keep things decently and in order, right? Watch what he says. Make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place and those that have been to Israel, they've taken to you to some of these hilltops so that you could see this. So the men sat down. Now the Bible again brings out in the masculinity, but here there were also women in and children, all right? The number was approximately 5,000 men. Let's just picture that half of them are married, so we're up to 7,500. Let's picture they have a couple kids, so we're up to about 12,500 people here. So we're, they're, they're approximating there could have been about 15,000 plus people here this day. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? And Jesus took the loaves... And when he had given thanks. That's important, church family. Go ahead and underline that. We should never eat a meal without thanking the Lord for that food. Amen. There are people that are starving today. Not one bread, piece of bread to eat. And we get our three meals a day. I'm not saying every time you go to the fridge, say thank you. But when you sit down with your family, there's nothing wrong with just saying thank you, Lord, for this food that you provided for us. Amen. Amen. He distributed them to his disciples and the disciples to those sitting down and likewise the fish as much as they wanted. One of the names of our God, right? Jehovah Jireh, the God who's more than enough. He didn't say one slice of pizza, that's all you get. Come on, talk to me. You're allowed to talk in this church, right? He didn't, he didn't say that. He said, eat as much as you want. Eternity is going to be a full place, church family. Not going to be a stingy place. Here he's saying, eat as much as you want. They ate as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, I don't know about you, sometimes I can eat three, four slices of pizza, if you know what I'm saying, to get filled, right? I see Diane eat one slice, and I'm like, dear Lord, one slice, I wouldn't even tickle my belly. <laughs> Here they ate till they were filled. Come on, say it. Then, watch the order. Listen, one thing I've learned about God, he is not cheap, amen, but he is also not wasteful, amen? Look at, look at what he does here. Gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. I think everybody went home with a doggy bag. <laughs> look how much is left over. And they filled 12 baskets. Hey, who wants to take home some bread? Who wants to take home some fish? Wonder if it kept multiplying when they got home, right? <laughs> Come on, I've heard stories of, of people that invite somebody to their house and all of a sudden a whole bunch more people came and they're like, I don't have enough spaghetti. But they said, Lord, I pray over this spaghetti pot. And they pray and it just seems to work out that everybody gets full. He's a God that's more 
than enough. Amen? The God that'll take care of you. Sometimes you go through life, Lord, am I ever going to get a mate? Is there ever going to be a husband for me? Is there ever going to be a wife for me? He's the God that's more than enough. Lord, am I ever going to have children? He's the God that's more than enough. Yeah, we go through seasons of testing. We go through seasons that we don't always understand what's happening, but that's when we trust him. That's when you walk by faith and not by sight. That's when you say, you know what? God's a good God. He will provide. God's a good God. He'll help me through this. God's a good God. He'll get me out of this situation. Look, you can do one of two things. You can worry, get an ulcer, and make it worse, or you can just thank God for his deliverance power and watch and see what he's going to do. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord can do. An old song we used to sing, count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Thank him for what he has done in the past and start thanking him for what he's going to do in the future. We have an enemy. The enemy is called your mind. Somebody thought I was going to say the devil, right? The devil made me do it, Pastor. No, it's this thing right here. You go to bed at night praising God. You wake up in the morning, and your mind is going, you idiot. Did you know what you said yesterday? <laughs> Anybody? Anybody just wake up in the morning with the blues, and it wasn't Monday? It's just things. It's life. It comes against us. We better keep going on here. So gather up. Give everybody a doggy bone. So they get a, a doggy bag, not a bone, a doggy bag. <laughs> yeah. You see everybody walking out with a fish bone. Look what they gave me, Mom. <laughs> anyway, keep going on. With 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus said, this truly is the prophet who has come into the world. Now watch this. This is something for us Christians to get. Watch what he says. Therefore, when Jesus perceived, you notice it didn't say Jesus was told by the Holy Spirit or Jesus was told by God. God has given each and every one of us a perception, a knowing on the inside. And if we would get quiet enough and listen, he can guide us even into the very little details of life. He didn't say, God spoke to him. They're going to come and take you. Run away. He perceived it. He knew something was up in his heart. How many know what I'm talking about? The Bible says as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. The Spirit bears witness with our spirit. The Holy Ghost speaking to our spirit, and then our spirit relays it to us. And it takes time. It takes listening. We live in a very loud world. Noise everywhere. I encourage you, shut the radio off. Shut the TV off for a little while. Listen to that inner voice that's inside you. Amen? Therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he left. He went alone up into a mountain. What did he do in the mountain? He went to pray with Almighty God, his Father, right? Now, when evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into the boat, went over to the sea towards Capernaus, and it was already dark. And Jesus had not come to them. Then the sea arose. It woo, became a great wind was blowing. Anybody been out in the water when the wind starts blowing? I've been on lakes and they get crazy, right? So when they had rowed about three or four miles, 
This must have been something. They saw Jesus walking on the water and drawing near to the, the boat, and they were afraid. You think? You see somebody walking on waves towards you, and it's as dark as midnight out there. What would your reaction be? Oh, isn't that cool? <laughs> I guarantee some, <laughs> some were ready to dive out of the boat, if you know what I'm saying. Amen? But he said to him, it's I, guys. Don't be afraid. Then they willingly received him into the boat, and immediately the boat was on land where they were going. I wonder what that means there. Immediately. Immediately. They didn't say, and then they rode to the shore. It says instantly they arrived. We have heard supernatural stories over and over of people that are in one place, and all of a sudden they'll find themselves in another place, and they don't even know how they got there, and God had a reason for for getting them there. Amen? All right, let's continue on. Verse 22. On the following day when the people were standing on the other side of the sea, they saw that there was no other boats there except that one which his disciples had entered and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples. So they're wondering what's going on here. But his disciples had gone away alone. However, other boats came from Tiberias near the place where they ate the bread after, there it is again, the Lord gave thanks. See, that's a special thing there. Even when you receive communion, it says to give thanks in it, right? When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they also got into the boats. They came to Capernaum seeking Jesus. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said, Rabbi, when did you come here? Immediately, right? Bam. Jesus answered them and said, now we're going to start getting into it. Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. That is quite a miracle when you think about it. Here, five sardines and a couple loaves of bread and feed over 15,000 people. Everybody there knew what was going on. They all knew that this was a miracle that's beyond words. But now he's going to make some statements. Get ready with me. Do not labor. Labor means work. For the food which perishes. Now, was he saying we should all quit our jobs? No. What he's saying is don't put all your priority into this life. Watch. This life can be very short at times, if you know what I'm saying. But... For the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man gives you, which Jesus gives us, because God the Father has set his seal on him. Then he said to him, then they said to him, they said to him, watch the question. This is one of the most important statements in the Bible. Ready? What shall we do? Works, right? That we may work the works of God. And that's what man in religion, you got to work for God. You got to work for God. You know, you got to do this and do that and do that and do that. And, and Jesus is going to answer it right now. Watch how he answers it. This is the work, underline that, of God. The work of God. That you believe in him whom he sent. 
What's the works of God? If somebody comes up to you, believe in Jesus. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's the works of God. Not, oh, you know what? I, I've been to church every week and I got 20 gold stars lined up. Nope. You know what? I, I give money to the poor. Nope. You know what? I, this, and those are all good works and we should have good works. But the work that gives us everlasting life is to believe on Jesus Christ. Look, he says it, read it. You should underline this, mark it out, right? Therefore they said to him, what signs will you perform then that we may see it and believe you? What works will you do? Question mark. What works are you going to do? Hey, our fathers ate manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to him, most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven. Boy, he's going to start rattling some stuff now. You ready? But my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he. Brought it to a person. Is he. Circle that. Is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. For God so loved the world. God didn't say, I only love Jewish people, I only love Italians, I only love Polish people. He so loved the world, the whole world, that he gave his only begotten son. For he, for he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Here we go, ready? Then they said to him, Lord, give us bread always. Jesus said to him, ready? Say it with me. I am the bread of life. Oh, here we go. I am the bread of life. He Remember, the I am is God. So he's saying, I am God, and I give you the bread of life. Ready? He who comes to me, oh, Christians, look what it says, shall never hunger, but he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you, may, you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, would you say the next line with me? I will by no means cast that, oh, I was saved, but I'm not saved now. If you are truly saved, you're saved. He doesn't cast us out. We're not saved one day and not saved the other day because we make a mistake. Amen? For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me, I shall lose nothing, but I shall raise him up in the last days. Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. Our loved ones that might be in the grave right now, our loved ones that might be cremated right now, they are going to be raised up with us on that last day. Can I get an amen? And we are going to have the greatest, woo! family reunion you have ever seen. Oh, hallelujah. This is our blessed hope. The Jews then complained about him. Why? Why would they complain about him? Because he said, I am. I am. That sacred name. I am. Come on, say it with me. I am the bread. 
which came down from heaven. He put it right out there on the bread. And they said, is not, watch what they do. They look to the earthly again. You remember last week I brought out about Nicodemus? What did he do? He looked to the earth. How can I go? Do I go back inside my mother's womb and be born again when I'm old? And now it's the same statement here. Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said to them, do not murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draw him in, draws him in and I will raise him up in the last day. What assurance of our loved ones meeting them again. Amen. It is written in the prophets and they shall all be taught of God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learns <coughs> from the father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father. No one has seen the Father but Jesus. Amen? When people say they see God and all that, I run away from them because we'll see the Father on that day of presentation, not till then. Now, there have been visions of Jesus in that, and I get that, but not God Almighty. Amen? Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God, he has seen the Father. Here we go. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has, has is what? Already done. What do we already have? Everlasting life, eternal life, life eternal. Once you are born again, you have eternal life and it'll never be taken away from you. Hallelujah. Ready? Would you read verse 48 with me? Short verse, ready? I am, here we go again, the bread of life. Your fathers ate the man in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. Ready? Verse 51. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh. Here we go, church family. Remember, these people are all thinking on human level here, right? The bread that I give you is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore quarreled among themselves, saying, how could this man give us his flesh to eat? And then he makes this statement. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in me. How many are my age and used to watch Abbott and Costello? Anybody here remember Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein? It was my favorite. After church on Sunday, couldn't wait to get home and see which Abbott and Costello episode was on. But then there was a character in Abbott and Costello. You remember it was Dracula? <laughs> I come to drink your blood. Look what he says here. Then Jesus said to them, most assuredly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in me. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh 
is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me. So he who feeds on me. What is the bread that he's talking about here? His flesh. He's talking about his word, the word of God. That's why we receive communion. You know, we do it here once a month in special services like Good Friday and all, where we remember the blood and the body of our Savior. Amen? Keep going up. Uh, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread, Jesus, he is the bread. Will what? Live forever. These things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Now watch verse 60. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a hard saying. Who can understand it? Would you agree with them on that statement? Somebody came up to you, and you know, you see the miracles, you see the, the multiplication, the, the loaves and fishes, but then he says, if you want to have a part of me, you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. That would make you wonder. Come on, talk to me, amen? We understand the spiritual application of it now. We are looking back to the cross, backwards. They're right there in the moment, amen? All right, look what it says. When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, does this offend you? <laughs> Boy, Jesus was as straightforward as they make it, amen? Does this bother you? Well, yeah, you think? What then if you shall see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. This flesh profits nothing. Unless the Lord returns in our generation, everyone in this room will have to die. We will have to go through the valley of the shadow of death. There's no, no way of, you know, coding this over, thinking we're going to live forever. You're not. Some will die younger, some will die older, but we're all going to die. Most of us aren't going to die of some major disease. We're just going to wear out. Amen. The body just wears out after a period. The Bible says God appointed 70, and if by strength 80, some people believe you can go all the way to 120. Go for it. Go for what you can believe for. But when I'm done with the Lord's work, let's go home. Amen. But we hope the trumpet sounds before that, but no man knows the day or hour. Let's continue on. The words I speak to you are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who would betray him. And he said, therefore, I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my Father. Now watch verse 66, ready? From that time, many, they didn't say a few, many, we know the 12 apostles, the 12 disciples, one betrayed him, Judas. But here we found out that there were many people, many disciples that were following Jesus, right? Many of his disciples went back, we could say went back home, and they walked with him no more. You know what Jesus did? Oh, God, I'm losing my church. What am I going to do? Ah! Then Jesus said to the 12, do you want to go away also? <laughs> Can you imagine that? You're down to 12. 12, that's it. I'm not saying there were 200. He's got 12 left. And he goes, 
you want to go to? But this statement by Peter is profound. Look what he says. But Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. The Bible is the most precious of all books. They've tried to get rid of it every which way. Hitler burned it and Stalin and Marxism and all these things. And even today, they want to get the Bible out. They don't want it in schools because it brings morality. It brings life to young people. They don't want it anywhere. But thank God it's still the number one best-selling book of all times. And even today it is. Amen. And now with the Bible apps and all that, we can just keep spreading it out there. Then watch what he says. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Can I get an amen? So this bread of life that Jesus is saying that he is, is the word of God. His word is true bread to anyone that will partake of it. While Jesus was in the wilderness fighting with the devil here, you remember that story. What was the first thing he said? But he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Church family, Jesus here is quoting from Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. So he knew his Bible. Food is essential to life. So is the word of God. And those who don't take time to feed on God's word cannot grow spiritually. You'll grow naturally, especially if you eat too much food. But to grow spiritually the number one way to grow spiritually is not through prayer, is not through anything but reading God's word, meditating in it, getting it deep within you. Prayer, worship, all these are part of it, but all those have to be saturated with the word of God. Yeah. Amen? Notice that we are to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We cannot pick and choose which scriptures that we want to believe and ones we don't. It's the full counsel of God's word. Now, I fully understand that evangelists and apostles, prophets, they can come in with a, a direct message because that's their specialty. But a pastor has to have the whole counsel of the word of God. You know the way I love end time teaching, but you notice I don't teach that every week here. We need the full counsel of God's word. We need the Old Testament and the New Testament. We need to learn about each one reach one. We need to learn how to give. We need to learn the full counsel of his word, to be a person of prayer, to be a person of worship, on and on here. Jesus here in this battle with Satan, he used the word of God as a sword. In Ephesians six seventeen, it says, and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. In Hebrews 4.12, it says it like this. We're running out of time, so I'll just read these last couple verses. For the word of God is living and powerful. One translation says, for the, for the rhema of God is a living thing. It's alive. What you have in your hand there, it's alive. It's a living 
word. The breath of God is in that Bible. That's why when you read the Bible, you go, oh, I got to work on that. Or thank you, Lord, I can believe for that. It is a promise book. It's full of gems. It is full of treasure. It is, if you were on a deserted island, that's the one thing you would want. Because that book will help you get water and food and provision and everything else. Amen? For the word of God is living, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, pierces to the division of soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Ain't that the truth? We can fool ourselves here, but we know down here when you got the word in you, that's wrong. We can justify ourselves and say, yo, yelling at my wife there, she deserved that. But inside you it says, love goes much further than that. Love is patient, love is kind. Come on, talk to me. Some of you are saying, oh me, did you know I yelled at my wife this morning? That's right. (laughs) The word of God goes, it discerns between heart and spirit. And then it says in verse 13, And there is no creature hidden from his sight, for all things are naked and open to the eyes. Whose eyes? The Word's eyes. To whom we must give an account. Jesus and his Word are one. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. All things were made through him. Without him was nothing made that was made. And verse 14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of God the Father. Amen, church family. I gave you a lot of word today, a lot of scripture today to understand that he is the great I am. He is the bread of life. The same way you need natural bread, you cannot live without food, is the same way we need the word of God. All right? God is good? And all the time. Let's close in prayer. Father, again, we love you and we thank you that your word does not return void, but it accomplishes that which it's sent forth to do. Thank you today, Father, that we could have a beautiful time of worship, have a beautiful time of your word. The bread and the water, Lord, we need them both. I thank you today for each and every person that took time out of their schedule to be here today, to be a blessing to their community to come out to church and be an encouragement to one another. Thank you for this. Thank you. Church family, God loves you. And I'm going to say this. I hope you understand it when I say it. Many times this life doesn't make sense. There's hard things in this life. Things happen. People die when you didn't expect them to die. Tragedy happens on and on because we know this world is not under God's rule just yet. The thief comes not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. But one day soon, the true king is going to set up his kingdom. And he promised us that there'll be no more death, no more sorrow, no more pain. That the former things are passed away. Behold, I make all things new. But today I say to you, Come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for my yoke is easy. My burden is light. That's our Jesus. Amen. 
So if you're here today and you have never asked Jesus to be your Lord, to be your Savior, and you would like to do that today, that doesn't mean joining this church. It means a personal relationship with the Creator, and it's a precious thing. Then I ask you to pray this prayer with me. We'll all pray it together to make it easy for you, but pray it from your heart. Pray it because you mean it. Amen? Say this with me. Everyone, come on. My dear God in heaven, I believe today that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross, that he rose on the third day. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Help me, Lord. Be a friend. Be my bread of life. Teach me your ways, Lord. And whatever years I have left, help me to live them for you. In Jesus' name, amen. No one looking around, Christians praying softly. If that's you today making that decision, I'd like to say congratulations. I'd like to give you a free gift before you leave today. There is no charge for this gift. I will not ask you to come to the front. I will not ask you to stand up. But we have altar workers that are around the sanctuary, and they'll put this gift in your hand for you to take home and get to know God just a little bit more. This gift is not about our church. It's about Almighty God. If you don't have a Bible, there's a little card in this package. Take it to our bookstore and it'll give you a free New Testament. Our gift to you. We want to help you on your journey. We want to help get you started today. So if you're here today and you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, or maybe you have, but you're not living for him, you would like to rededicate your life. Or maybe you're not sure yet, but you would still like this package to take home. You're still seeking to check it out then we'd like to give it to you too. So with no one looking around, this is between you, Almighty God, myself, and one altar worker that'll bring you this gift. Would you slip your hand up? Let them see it. After they see it, you can put it right back down and they'll be more than happy to put this gift. Thank you for that hand. Thank you. They'll be more than happy to put this gift in your hand. This gift in your hand. Don't be fearful. We're not here. We're not even going to take your number. Nothing. We're just going to give you a free gift. One more time. I'm going to look around. If that's you, just slip your hand up and then put it right back down. All right. Then all believers here today, let's go ahead and close in prayer. Again, the Risen movie, you can invite your neighbors, your friends to that. It's a very good movie. Very good movie. Amen. Don't forget to pick up your prayer maps. They're in the back. They are done outstanding. Enjoy them. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you that Jesus, he is Lord. Thank you that you are the resurrection and the life. And we thank you for the word of God today. Your word does not return void. It accomplishes that which it's sent forth to do. I thank you for your people today. Your blessings upon them. Would you go ahead and say this with me? I thank you, Lord, that you have made us the head and not the tail above only and not beneath, that in all our ways and endeavors that we are greatly blessed, highly favored, deeply loved, that we are blessed to be a blessing. Go be a blessing, church family. Have a great day.